At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Oh gosh, I just feel like infertility is just such a beast. And you might have won this battle, but you will not win this war. Like I've got this no matter what, and I'm not going to let it rule my world. We are back with our girl Sabrina sharing her story to momhood thus far. Thank you, Sabrina, again so much for coming on the show, being an advocate, being a voice. I know it's not easy to do this thing publicly, so I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, dear. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So we're going to keep it real light just to get to know you a little bit better. When did you and hubby meet? When did that happen for you guys? Oh gosh, this is, <laughs> this is a funny, fun story. So, um, so Curtis and I, um, are actually, we're not married. Um, my story kind of dates back a little bit before I met him. Um, so I was, I was previously married and I had started this infertility journey with um, my ex-husband and without getting into too many details um, basically infertility I always say will either you know make or break your relationship and unfortunately we kind of just went different ways and so that relationship ended but um, luckily it, it led me to my current partner Curtis and so we actually met just about a year ago our relationship kind of started from zero to a hundred really, really fast within this infertility life. Um, we, we met about a year ago, like I said, through a mutual best friend. So our best friend, Sam, that I've known since childhood. Friendship kind of started off with just us chatting. We have like similar backgrounds in terms of relationships and, and wanting to have children and whatnot. So it really did start off on us wanting to just, just be there for each other. You know, I don't, I didn't think that I was ready for another relationship, but it was kind of built on that foundation of a friendship. And, uh, it was around th uh, American Thanksgiving of last year, uh, that things kind of just really started for us. And Curtis had known all about my fertility struggles and what I had gone through because we had talked about it so openly and, um, so he knew everything that was going on. And at the time he knew that I had still had uh, two embryos that I had from my previous relationship, which I had to legally adopt. Um, and so I had done that. Uh, and I had done one transfer before Curtis and I had started to date. And that one unfortunately failed. Um, and so there was one left. And so as our relationship kind of started, he knew that my plan was always to, to transfer that embryo, you know, it, it meant more to me than, you know, it, it wasn't just an embryo to me. It was so much more than that. And we talked about it extensively and, um, he was, he was there for me the entire time. And, um, so that's kind of how we started. And, uh, the second transfer happened in January, February of this past year. And, and that one also, unfortunately, um, resulted in a, failed transfer. Um, 
and and so the next kind of natural progression was to do another egg retrieval and you know without any doubt Curtis was on board and wanted to be a part of it so we did that in May of this year with um you know his sperm and and, and our embryos and everything so yeah, it's not a very conventional story. It's not one of those we met 10 years ago and this is what's happened, but um, I think it's a really beautiful and unique story and I really wouldn't change it for anything. Listen, I, I am all for unconventional happenings, whether it's relationships, careers, anything, because I think it does make for a more interesting part of our lives and or just bringing on some new adventures, right? But I do wanna backtrack just for a moment and so can you tell us what your original diagnosis is and if anything has come up along since then that may be new? Yeah, of course. So I always suspected that I had endometriosis. And I always like, before I kind of talk about endometriosis, I always like to talk about the definition because so many people have it wrong and I'm such an advocate for it. Um, and so endometriosis is when tissue similar to the endometrium grows outside of the uterus, right? And it's often found on the ovaries, it can be on your bowels, etc. And for me, unfortunately, it's it's been found on, I believe, 16 different organs, um, including my diaphragm. Um, so I have it pretty bad. And so I always suspected that I, I had it, but um, as many of us with endometriosis know, we're often dismissed by doctors and it can take on average, you know, seven plus years to really get a diagnosis. And it wasn't until I started trying to conceive that I really got some answers. And so approximately three years ago, uh, when I started wanting to build a family, I had gone in for an initial ultrasound. Just I, I just had a feeling something might be up. Right. And very early on, they found what's called an endometrioma, which is um, an endometriosis cyst inside of your ovary. And I remember in that moment when the ultrasound tech told me that I had one and she asked me, what are you planning on doing with it? I was almost in disbelief and I was upset about it because for so many years I had been dismissed and I was angry because I, though I didn't know a whole lot, I knew that it probably meant that I was going to face a lot of struggles. Um, so it was in January or February of 2020 um, that I first was diagnosed and really officially diagnosed through my excision surgery, which happened in May of 2021. So that's kind of the big one. So stage four endometriosis. And then in March of this year, I actually had a bowel resection due to the endometriosis where they had to remove uh, 15 centimeters. So that's six inches from my bowel. So they had to cut them and stitch them together. And so when people say that endometriosis is just a bad period, I just want to, you know, <laughs> say, no, unfortunately it's not. Um, and it, it's so much more than that for, for many of us. Um, so yeah, so endometriosis stage four is the primary one. I also have adenomyosis, um, which is inside of your uterus, inside of the muscle, which I found out after my two failed transfers. So that's pretty recent. Um, and I also have low ovarian reserve. So just meaning that I have, you know, fewer eggs in my basket than I should for my age. 
Um, so th those are the three big ones that I can think of. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you've had quite a quite a ride these last five years or so. Wow. Wow. And you're dealing with all that in the midst of a situation that you're trying to get out of. Then you find um, help. You're getting help now. You have your diagnoses and you have this new love in your life. And so when did you guys's or how should I ask, did the conversation to begin trying to conceive begin for you guys after you started dating a year ago? Yeah, so it happened for us pretty quickly. Uh, we had had conversation about wanting to grow a family and Curtis had very similar wants and, and desires as I did. We both want to have truthfully as many children as we possibly could and we, we always joke around you know if we didn't have this infertility issue then we'd have a bus full of children you know like we really just want to have as many children as we possibly can and it just really came organically for us uh, there's no other way around it we just we talked about it we talked about what it might look like you know we talked about different options whether it would be egg donation or embryo donation, sperm donation. We talked about adoption and whatnot. We really kind of touched on all of it. And at the end of the day, we just both said to us, it doesn't matter where our family stems from. We just have so much love to give and we both want to have a family. And it, it just, yeah, it really did come organically. Compared to when you were trying to conceive previously and now, how do you feel emotionally? And do you feel like you're more prepared? So it's it's so strange. So, I mean, I, I did transfer those two embryos and they, they were genetically normal and they, they were good grades. And, you know, we, um, I had a, well, we, I had a 70% chance of them um, sticking around and they didn't, right? So when Curtis and I did a second egg retrieval together, I was both scared because I wondered, you know, why, didn't it work? It should have statistically worked. Um, but at the same time, it also gave me a new hope because I kept thinking, you know, this is a new round, new eggs, new sperm, like, let's do this. This is us doing it together. And it felt more of a partnership than it ever had in the past, right? So it was, it was definitely more exciting. And so we did that in March, uh, sorry, in May of this year. And we did the genetic testing again, and we came out with one normal uh, embryo, and then one other one came back inconclusive. And so we had made the choice to transfer both of them just this past month, so in August of, of last month. Um, and so we were really excited for that. We knew the odds were still low because they were both day sevens, and they don't quite understand why, but day sevens just have a low chance of pregnancy uh, the normal one had about a 20 30 percent and then the inconclusive they gave us about a 20 percent but we said you know what let's put these two fighters together and give them the best possible chance and that's what we did um and then you know a few short days after the transfer we we did get um a positive test and we were super excited about that you know first time seeing a pregnancy test being positive and we were very hopeful um and then with beta our, our actual beta day when it happened um it, it was very low and so we were very concerned about it and 
luckily this community is incredible and we receive so many just stories from other people who also start off with low betas, but that progressed to a healthy pregnancy, right? So it gave us a lot of hope. It gave us a lot of kind of, uh, just kind of strength to hold on to. And with every other beta, it kept rising. So we were very, very, very excited for that. And then unfortunately at around the seven week mark, which was just, just last week, um, we went in and we found out that just the baby had stopped growing um, just a few weeks before. So it was about a week and a half, almost two weeks behind. Um, and it was what's called a blighted ovum. So it's when when the, the sac keeps growing. So you've got a gest gestational sac, but for whatever reason, the part that becomes the baby either gets reabsorbed um, or just doesn't grow. And, and so we don't know what happened or why it happened. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. So we're just processing it, taking it a day at a time. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been very difficult. Yes. And I, and I'm so sorry to you guys for that loss. And you've never had a loss like this before, right? No. So losing in babies no. and then having an actual loss like this, um, the same, but very significantly different because it offered so yeah. much, so much hope this time around. Right. And these were your eggs this time. Right. Yeah. 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 So they're deeply sorry. And I know our friends will resonate and um, send their good love and vibes and everything to you. And so now you're in this place of the in-between again and the unknown. And besides the devastation of it, how would you describe what you're feeling? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, I think it depends on when you ask me what time of the day, because that can change, um, you know, even by the hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm feeling, today I'm feeling okay. You know, I feel very heartbroken um, and sad about what's happened, but I also feel very hopeful you know, we keep talking that we know that we're going to have our babies. We know that we will be parents. We just don't know how our story is going to unfold and only time will tell. So although I never like to say that I'm moving on because I just don't like the way it sounds, we're, what we're trying to do is move forward. Um, and that's just one day at a time. And right now for us, it's, it's making plans on... Um, and those plans aren't just medically related. It means, you know, going apple picking and making plans with friends and going out to breakfast and doing all these things that make us feel normal. But it's also planning for another egg retrieval or another two egg retrievals, which we're kind of toying around with, right? So we might be doing two back to back. It's things to look forward to, Yeah. And I know it's not easy, especially with us moving um, and well, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be right in the middle of all of the holiday seasons and the new year. Unfortunately, we just, you, you, it's hard dealing with the unknown of infertility. And so are you seeking mental health therapy to help you with any of your emotional well-being? Yeah, so that's a great question. I, I really feel like therapy in general is incredible and I recommend it to everyone. I have done a lot of group therapies. For me, connecting with others uh, within the community has been very therapeutic. I find it 
extremely hard to connect with others who haven't gone through this. And so for me, I really do gravitate to this community and to these, these women who are facing these challenges or who have faced this because I feel like I can be heard and understood and hearing others' stories really does help me as well. So although I'm not, you know, seeking traditional therapy at this moment, although I think it's a very good idea, um, that, that is my therapy and it's, it's worked tremendously for me and I, I really am grateful for, for the community that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Group therapy is very effective, very effective. And I think that's why a lot of psychotherapists and counselors do group therapy sessions because they know how impactful it can be to just not live, but listen to the stories of others and sharing uh, authentically, letting your hair down and such, and just really letting those feelings um, be heard out loud. You know, uh, it's different when you speak about it out loud with your own voice and you, and it, and you are surrounded by people who are actually listening. And like you said, understand. So beginning parts or in this beginning part of trying to conceive right now, what do you wish you had known before all of this began that you kind of feel like you should have been warned about? Um, I think I wish I would have known that it might not work right away. You often hear people say, oh, just do IVF, you know, and the reality is IVF doesn't guarantee you a baby, right? It gives you a chance at that. And I think being able to prepare for that or being able to prepare for the finances, which are, that's a whole other conversation that we can have, uh, mentally and just being able to know how to advocate for myself, which has taken some time, right? It's been about three years of this now, and I feel more confident now being able to ask the questions that I need to ask. But when you're kind of starting off, you're at the mercy of the doctors, and you kind of put your trust in them. And I just wish that I knew that, you know, if I'm not comfortable with something else, or if I don't want to do that, I can say no, and I can keep pushing. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I think that's a hard lesson that we that we find out unless for, you know, very few people who it happens for them right away, right? But most of us, it, the majority, it doesn't happen for us when we walk away with the bundle right away. So I think that's a really hard lesson. And I'm glad you said it because as more people are finding out that they have infertility, I feel like when you first join like the online Instagram community, which is how we met, you really don't see it yet. It takes a long time, I feel like. It, it just takes a long time to get to that point where you can accept that and not not feel more shame that you didn't know it. Because I think as women, we feel like we should have known this or some way this should have been taught to us. And even if it never happened to us, um, just being aware, having more awareness of it. I think it's a lot of it has to do with the women we come in contact with personally, not openly sharing that part of their life. If you're close to them, whether it's a family member or a friend. So yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. And I'm glad that um, you said that and you mentioned it. And 
how are you, how, what are you, what, besides doing things with family, friends, and Curtis, what, what else are you doing that kind of helps you persist and thrive and move through everything that you're in the midst of right now? Uh, so it's such a good question. I mean, really, if I'm being honest, the last week and a half or so, I have not done a whole lot of anything. Um, it's been mostly just trying to survive. <laughs> And I spent a lot of days in bed, a lot of days on the couch. And it really starts off with doing the little things. So, you know, getting out of bed, getting dressed, going outside for a walk, feeling that, you know, crisp fall air. Um, and today, you know, I went back to work for the first time in two weeks. And so it's the little things. And I normally really enjoy working out, which is something I, it's been so difficult to do going through treatment on and off because I normally am a big runner and, and that's what I enjoy doing and I haven't been able to do that but you know I was talking to to my mom yesterday and she kind of encouraged me to start that again and she's absolutely right because it's one thing that I do have control over and it always feels so dang good right to move your body and to get those like natural endorphins so definitely going to do more of that but right now really honestly it's just taking it a day at a time and I, I know it'll get better and it just takes time and one last thing I want to ask you I haven't asked this question in a long time is that if you were standing face to face with infertility what would you say oh gosh I just feel like infertility is just such a beast and you might have won this battle but you will not win this war like i've got this no matter what and i'm not gonna let it kind of rule my world so i i just know we've got this we'll, we'll be parents for sure that was really powerful girl i got chills on that one i got chills on that <laughs> one and i didn't want to ask that question to make you or anyone feel like they had to find the silver lining but i think Sometimes when we can envision ourselves standing with infertility, if it was an actual person, that we can find the right words to articulate what we're feeling right now. Because just like you said just now, it, you know, it might be uh, a battle, but it won't be the end to your war. And so thank you for that. And I'm sure our friends will appreciate you. Yeah, so if you had any last words for our friends today, I'll give you the floor back. Yeah, I think ultimately what I think is just so incredible about this community, whether you're just kind of starting off and you don't have a public Instagram account or Facebook or where the heck it is, because most of us don't. And most of us who might have, you know, an Instagram account started off with our personal one privately, starting to either follow certain people or message them. And that's okay because all that matters is that you're making these connections with other people. And I will tell you this, and I promise you this, I read every single message that I get through my inbox. Really see everyone who comes through that is feeling like they need to talk and you're not alone in this. I promise you this. I know it feels like you are, but you're not. And I have felt what you feel and others have felt what you feel. And, you know, I think that if we can all connect together, we're going to be so much stronger together. And I just hope that if anything, if you're feeling alone, I want you to be able to just send me a message because I, I just, yeah, ultimately, I just don't want you to feel like you're alone. Yes. Thank you for that. And thank you for that reminder of community support again. And 
you guys, I will have uh, Sabrina's information in the show details for you to tap and go and connect with her on Instagram, a follow along her story and where she is thus far because she still is in the thick of things. And so we thank you, friends. And I thank you again, Sabrina, for giving us your time and your evening and sharing with us where you are. I know it wasn't easy speaking about your recent loss and not knowing where you kind of go right now from here if and how long your break is going to be with you and Curtis. So again, I appreciate you for coming on the show and thank yes absolutely and we thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of infertility and me podcast you guys know where to find me on the gram peace and blessings at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.